Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 about the seventh commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. The passage is Exodus chapter 20. So let's turn there as we move through the Ten Commandments, verse by verse, going through the book of Exodus. We're in chapter 20, and we are going to pick up the text in verse 14. Once you've got it located, would you stand to your feet? Uh, be prepared to sit back down, because it'll be a, it's a quick, single verse. But it is, it is longer than last week. I think I have one more word to share with you. <laughs> All right, y'all ready? Exodus 20, verse 14. The seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery. You may be seated. As I think about our world and what is happening in our world, it is, uh, it seems like we've gone crazy, to be quite candid with you. And uh, I'm going to share some things with you up front that don't specifically relate to adultery in a heterosexual marriage, but we're going to get there. But I I have some opening comments because they are germane and important uh, to the subject matter. And let me start with a law passed a week ago in Canada. This is a letter from an elder in a church in Canada to John MacArthur. Bill C-4 passed through the House in Canada and the Senate without opposition. Not a single dissenting vote was cast by any member of the Conservative Party. It received royal assent on December 8th, which means it will come into law January 2022. The bill will amend the criminal code in Canada to ban conversion therapy. It will criminalize, among other things, quote, causing another person to undergo conversion therapy, promoting or advertising conversion therapy. And I will say, just to pause for a second in my quoting of this, that there have been some weird, extreme things done with conversion therapy. And just so you know, that's someone counseling someone to go out of the homosexual lifestyle. And so there have perhaps been some abuses. I've heard anecdotal accounts of that. I don't have them confirmed firsthand. But that's the essence of conversion therapy. So someone's in a homosexual lifestyle or same-sex attracted, and basically someone's trying to counsel them how to change. That's the idea. In the preamble of the bill, it says that the belief that heterosexuality, quoting, cisgender gender identity and gender expression that conforms to the sex assigned to a person at birth are to be preferred over other sexual orientations, gender identities, and gender expressions is a myth. According to the Canadian law, as of January 8, 2022, the belief in God's design for marriage and sexuality will now be seen as a myth in Canada. The bill defines conversion therapy as, quote, a practice treatment or service designed to change a person's sexual orientation to heterosexual, change a person's gender identity to cisgender or what they were born with, change a person's gender expression so that it conforms to the sex assigned to the person at birth, repress or reduce non-heterosexual attraction or sexual behavior repress a person's non-cisgender gender identity 
or repress or reduce a person's gender expression that does not conform to the sex assigned to the person at birth. Now that's the quoting from the bill. And then he says, the definition is intentionally broad and it can clearly be used against any preacher or elder who either speaks against homosexuality or transgenderism or who counsels a person to obey Christ and abandon their homosexual transgender actions and lifestyle. This means as of January 8th, 2022, it will be against the law to preach, teach, or counsel regarding God's design for marriage and sexuality. By the way, with a jail sentence up to five years in prison if you are caught breaking the law. He ends this with, on January 16th, 2022, faithful men across Canada and the United States will be preaching on God's design for marriage and biblical, the biblical ethic of sexuality. We will be doing so illegally in Canada, declaring to the state that there is one God and one Lord over his church, and that Christ alone gets to both define marriage and dictate what is required in the pulpit. We are honored that American brothers will be joining us on this date. That is January 16th, 2022. That is our date. I was approached by a few uh, church members asking me, A, if I knew about this, which I did, and B, would I be preaching on biblical sexuality? And I said, yes. And I said, and it's really easy for me because I'm going to the seventh commandment, which says you shall not commit adultery. So here we are, as the Holy Spirit would have it, and I'm going to be talking to you about biblical sexuality. Before I go there, uh, I mentioned to you in the bill transgenderism, which is a big thing. Uh, homosexuality is now the most celebrated sin in the world, uh, being pushed and normalized across the world. I'm not here to offend anybody. I know sometimes people who have proclivities in this direction or sensitivities to this issue think that pastors pick on this issue. We're not really picking on this issue. What's happening is our whole world is moving towards celebrating this as normal. It's pushed everywhere, not to mention the fact that transgenderism is now being normalized. Let me just give you a quick example of what's happening in our world. Right now, males who are, who are, who are born males with the male strength and differences from women are now competing in female sports. They are crushing and breaking records. They are winning state championships when they would have been in the middle of the pack as a male competitor. They are now breaking records, winning state championships, winning collegiate championships, and robbing women and young ladies of scholarships because they are advanced as males and just stronger, and that's just the way God made us and designed us. Uh, some of you have seen the video, perhaps on YouTube, where the swimmer who identifies as a female, but he's a male, is two laps ahead of all the females in the pool. I mean, it has gotten to the point where it is so ridiculous that California law hypothetically allows for a man to compete in the 100 meters in the morning at a track meet, then in the afternoon compete in the 200 meters, that same guy identifying now as a female in the same day. And at some point, somebody has to say, the emperor has no clothes. I mean, we have gotten to a point where it, it has just become really ridiculous. Now, here's where I think we need to speak, obviously, truth with compassion. Uh, 
everyone that I have heard of who's come out of a homosexual lifestyle or out of transgenderism, and I will tell you that you're not hearing these stories, but people who, who change their sex and even go through a surgery, many of them have regrets and try to convert back to their original gender. You don't hear those stories, but it, we're at an epidemic where some have, have actually gone through a surgery where they now have changed their body physically and can't undo it and then have a change of mind. I mean, we have young kids now who are being pushed to go through these processes before they've even, you know, their brain is, is wired the right way. And now some of them go through surgical processes that cannot be undone. We have really gone mad in these areas. I mean, th- this, it's just bizarre stuff. Now, I will tell you, there are two people that you might want to look up in terms of coming out of the homosexual lifestyle, and they are two representative people of many. One of them's named Rosaria Butterfield. She's written at least three books. She was a former Syracuse University English professor. She was in a a lesbian relationship. She had all lesbian friends, very politically active. She said in the lesbian lifestyle, what happens is that they, they tend to be more monogamous, and they're very friendship-oriented and very politically active. She ran into a pastor and his wife who loved her, spoke truth to her, showed her what Christians were all about up front, you know, right up, right up in front of her, showed her the love of Christ, and she was converted to the Christian faith. She's now married to a man. This all happened about 20-plus years ago, Rosaria Butterfield. In 2009, a man named Beckett Cook uh, came out of the homosexual lifestyle. Beckett Cook, I would encourage you to look him up, And he left that lifestyle and began to follow Jesus Christ. And he says in the homosexual lifestyle, what happens is men are more caught up in multiple partners and in drug and alcohol abuse. And he said, anyone who tells you that a homosexual male male relationship is monogamous, he says, that's just a lie and it's a fraud. And that, this is what's going on is we are robbing people of the opportunity to change by telling people you are fixed in a position. Now, this would include anything, whether you're addicted to pornography or you have cheated on your spouse or whatever it may be. You can change by the power of Christ. You can be forgiven by the power of Christ. And it is a great danger in the church today in mainline denominations that used to stand for truth, for pastors to say to people to confirm them in their sin. Here's what I mean. If you tell someone that they're okay, when biblically they're not okay, what you have done is confirm them in their sin. If someone is under the judgment of God and you tell them that they're okay, and you twist the scriptures to your destruction and their destruction, you are going to answer to God. Now, let me tell you this. I have no pleasure in saying hard things to any group of people, but here is my job, to be faithful to the word of God. So I'm going to give you the word of God, and I'm going to tell you we're going to have some uncomfortable moments this morning and some moments where you may have wished that you didn't come to church today. And we're going to have some really good news at the end. And I'm going to talk to you about the inside-outside rules of the commandments, how they go to our heart. I'm going to talk to you about the positive side of the commandment. But first, we're going to define some terms. And before I define uh, the term adultery, there is a movement some of you have heard just to add a little 
ongoing craziness and levity, I, I would say perhaps to our message, something now being practiced called sologamy. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you listen to Walk in Truth on a regular basis, we could use your help by becoming a monthly financial partner. Our mission on Walk in Truth is to help people like you become better equipped with God's Word to address today's issues, trends, and culture. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. Our fiscal year ends March 31st, and thanks to many listeners like you, we're getting closer to our goal of having 50% of our budget supported. What we really need is more monthly partners so that when we reach that goal, the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come by at least that much. Our ultimate goal is to eventually become 100% listener supported and then have the ability to broadcast on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner, giving $10 to $20 a month. You can give online today at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And we're going to have some really good news at the end, and I'm going to talk to you about the inside-outside rules of the commandments, how they go to our heart. I'm going to talk to you about the positive side of the commandment. But first, we're going to define some terms. And before I define uh, the term adultery, there is a movement some of you have heard just to add a little ongoing craziness and levity, I, I would say, perhaps to our message, something now being practiced called sologamy. Sologamy is where people marry themselves. Uh, So, you know, you've heard about polygamy, uh, a guy married to multiple women. You've heard about group marriage. There is such a thing as group marriage now where people are married. There's multiple guys and multiple girls in one marriage. There's cats and dogs and all kinds of things. Now, sologamy is marrying yourself in a formal ceremony, even with a minister a wedding dress, a ring, a party, and the whole thing. And what sologamists say is they're marrying themselves to make a covenant commitment to themselves. Do you take yourself to be married to yourself? Will you love and honor yourself all the days of your life? I will. Will you? (laughs) I'm not joking. It's going on. And the sologamists say... (laughs) They're doing this to make a commitment to love themselves for the rest of their lives in a formal ceremony. They say they're not doing this to the exclusion of the possibility of loving somebody else and even marrying somebody else. But sologamy is to marry yourself and make and promise to love yourself for the rest of your life. Let me just say, if you have a sologamy ceremony, you already love yourself. That's why you're having the ceremony. So everybody can know. Anyway, (laughs) that's where we are. You shall not commit adultery, Exodus 20, 14. The word adultery in Hebrew, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, remember, is na'af. If you're taking notes, it's N-A-W-A-F put into English, or you could just simply write it N-A-A-F, na'af. It means to commit adultery typically 
of a man with another man's wife. Figuratively, na'af means to apostatize or to depart. It can also point to spiritual idolatry, that is, worshiping other gods beside the God of the Bible. Often God would say to his people, spiritually, you've cheated on me, you've committed adultery with other gods. In the Hebrew picture language, Dr. Seekins says, if Moses would have written it, and he did, the way he would have written it right to left is the characters would point to the action of the strong mouth, literally defined as this, it means to devour greedily what is not yours. To devour greedily what is not yours. When a person is married to a person, uh, another person in a covenant heterosexual marriage, they belong to one another in oneness. Yesterday I had the privilege of marrying Bradley and Gina Biggie, celebrating a wonderful wedding yesterday, a great young couple in our fellowship And I invoked the name of God as they had shared vows with one another. We sealed those vows in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they made a commitment to one another. The gospel was on display. And for the rest of their lives, they'll be working on that oneness. They'll be practicing that oneness. When adultery occurs, a third party gets in the middle of that oneness and has no business being there. Adultery is to go outside of your marriage covenant and to be with your neighbor's wife or your neighbor's husband. Notice how it is uh, sandwiched around a couple of commandments, not by accident. Don't commit murder is verse 13. And when you commit adultery, you end up hurting other people, at least in a uh, spiritual or metaphorical sense, murdering relationships, killing relationships, Often several other people are involved. It also includes the idea of stealing because you steal another person's spouse. So it connects to the next commandment, which is commandment eight. And then if you look at the final commandment, which is about coveting, 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house and you shall not covet what? Your neighbor's wife. Another mention of your neighbor's wife here. The idea is that the what would be the predecessor to adultery is coveting. Coveting is to want something that someone else possesses that you're jealous of or you want it. We often think of a car or a home or something like that. But what you do in this case, this specific form of coveting is to covet another person's spouse and to go over that in your mind over and over again until you want to act upon that. Coveting is the predecessor to adultery. And so here's the idea of the language. The word, Dr. Seekins uh, rounds out his definition by saying the word uh, in the picture language has the idea of enwrapping or encompassing, and it's only used of death and sorrow in the Bible. And so here's the idea of adultery. In the New Testament, the Greek word is moikeia, spelled M-O-I-C-H-E-I-A, moikeia. And it includes being with another person intimately that is not your spouse. And it even includes if you're a single person and you sleep with someone who is married, that is also considered adultery. Now, when scholars look at Hebrew and Greek words, they often like to walk out implications of those words. So let me just tell you about a Greek word that many of you are familiar with. It's the Greek word pornea, where we get the English word pornography. The Greek word pornea 
encompasses, if you look it up in a Greek lexicon, all forms of sexual immorality. Pornea includes all forms of sexual immorality. So scholars would say that what's implicit in the idea of adultery is really any form of sexual immorality. Because God has given us the sexual relationship within the covenant of marriage. Fornication is premarital sex. Now, you might, uh, ha- you might look at the world and maybe you're angry about some things you know, that you see going on with the homosexual movement or whatever, but you can watch a TV show where two people sleep together and they're not married and we can, we can almost, some of us, maybe just kind of wink at that. Or uh, what can be also celebrated is two people who end up sexually involved with one another who are not married to one another. You ever stayed home from work or school sick and turned on some of those, uh, you know, shows and they play back to back to back about someone killing their spouse? You know what always is at the center of that? Another person that they want to be with and usually insurance money and often both. This is our world. And this has been the ongoing challenge to all of us to stay true to God's commands. All forms of sex outside of marriage are a sin. They're sinful in God's eyes. You are to save yourself for your spouse, and you are to be uh, intimate only with that individual for the rest of your life and enjoy that relationship with one another. I'll talk about the positive case in a moment. You've been listening to The Seventh Commandment, Thou Shalt Not Commit Adultery, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 20. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on your podcast app like Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have the links on walkintruth.com. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. If this is a program you regularly listen to, we could use your help. Your financial partnership would help us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. And hopefully, Walk in Truth helps people like you dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Our fiscal year ends March 31st, and thanks to many listeners like you, we're getting closer to our goal of having 50% of our budget supported. What we really need is more monthly partners so that when we reach that goal, the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come by at least that much. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month. You can give online at walkintruth.com or you can call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a word before we go. Well, when we begin to think about sexual sin, obviously this can bring up a lot of emotion. We think of, of our country right now. We think about things that are going on. And we might be quick to jump on a soapbox, in quotes, talk about transgenderism, talk about homosexuality. I heard a pastor recently say, you know, until we clean up our own house, like all the premarital sex happening in the Christian church, you know, maybe we can't speak authoritatively to anything else. And I think that's a consideration because uh, judgment begins in the house of God. And as much as we want to decry what's happening in the culture, and there's obviously crazy stuff happening in the culture We also need to clean up our own house. You know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, turn from their wicked ways. 
Brethren, it, it is easy, and I will say to someone who's you know maybe listened today and thought, well, you're you're picking on this or that. What about the church? I would say you're right. The church has some house cleaning to do. We have we have some introspection to do. But just because every person walking into a church is not uh, sinlessly perfect, it doesn't mean we can't call out some stuff too. So once again, we, we have to find some balance there. But as we deal with the seventh commandment, we know the widespread impact of sexual sin, sexual brokenness. There's so many areas where things are wrong, but in Christ they could be made right. And that's the hope that we all have. No matter where you're at at this moment, the, the most important thing is turn your life over to Jesus Christ. Let him heal you. Let him do a work in you. Don't let your past define you. Come to Christ. Repent of your sin. Because all you can control is you. We can worry about everybody else and who's saying what and social media and you know the, the preacher over here and, and the person over there. But the Lord's looking at us. And so let it start with us. And if it's you and you're saying, you know what, it's been easy for me to point at everybody else, but I, I need to repent of my sin. Um, just, just know that the Lord is faithful to forgive. And um, that's why he died on the cross. He died for all of our sin, resurrected for our justification. This is Pastor Michael Lance. I've been coming off of the flu, so my voice isn't as strong as uh, maybe it is normally. But, hey, thank you for listening to Walk in Truth, and we'll see you, Lord willing, right here tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 about the seventh commandment, Thou shalt not commit adultery. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.